Hello everybody! Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and patriots of all ages. Welcome to In Black and Right, a special weekend edition here on Saturday. It's, uh, I wasn't going to be initially doing a broadcast today, or right now we're doing another one of our simulcasts here on Facebook Live. Uh, send a message, say hi, let me know that you're watching. And also, we're doing, uh, also at the same time, we're recording for our audio version of the podcast. So my friends, uh, if you want to, just say hey. If you have uh, comments, questions, emails, send it to us at inblackandright.net. And also go to in black and oh I'm sorry I I keep doing this sometimes no uh, in black and right net is our website uh, if you want to send email it's in black and right at gmail dot com oh my goodness I can't believe I actually did that well anyway and oh looks like we were temporarily off but hey welcome back uh, Facebook Live. Uh, looks like we're uh, we've got ourselves an interesting situation. We've got a thunderstorm brewing here at our studio here in North Central Florida, which is kind of messing around with our uh, our, our live feed on Facebook. So, Facebook Live folks, hang tough with me. Uh, we're gonna try to do our best to uh, get you the best parts of the show. Uh, anyway. Well, apparently, my friends, let's get to it. The big news yesterday, and it was everywhere. Uh, Jace, uh, Elon Musk terminated his bid to buy Twitter. $44 billion in spite of everything that was going on. He said no. And interesting, and I'm reading this... Uh, commentary by Jason Miller who is the CEO of Getter and yes in black and white is on Getter you can follow us at Tar Heel 328 but yes he had the most interesting uh, take on this from everything that I've read from all the news reports so far so let's see here now of course I kind of feel in a way vindicated and validated a bit because when I first heard the uh, that Elon Musk was making an offer for Twitter and he was kind of you know going through the whole drama and the trauma of all of that I thought to myself you know and all of a sudden here's these conservatives are like oh yeah he's gonna take over Twitter and we're gonna have it's gonna be okay and life is gonna be fantastic and we'll get our free speech back it's like mm, I wasn't in a hurry in fact I've never had a Twitter account ever in all of its time and I'm glad I didn't I I'm really glad I didn't have a Twitter account because I'll tell you, um, <laughs> oh mercy, hang on a sec here. There we go. Yeah, I, because I thought to myself, it sounds a little too good to be true, but I tried to learn a lesson that my grandfather taught me uh, in life and in business 
that time is the great determiner of a whole lot of things. And well, but I just said, you know, let's see how this works out. So now, yes, you've got the drama, the trauma. You have the complete freak out of all the Twitter twits, namely Twitter employees who are just like in need of Prozac and therapy animals and, and God knows what else. It's like, oh, it's going to be terrible. He's going to be a platform for misinformation. I just went, oh, gag me, please. Just, ugh, gag me with a chainsaw. I mean, I'm sick and tired of listening to these woke dingbats who are overprivileged, overindulged, and horribly, horribly liberal and white. Ugh. But anyway, I, I just wanted to read a little bit of sort of commentary from uh, Jason Miller, CEO of Getter, and it's kind of interesting how he took a look at this. Now, let's see, taking a look at the story, yes, uh, Jason Miller, who used to work for President Trump as an advisor, said about the $44 billion offer from Musk, quote, in a story from yesterday, comes as no surprise to those of us who predicted the implosion for months, end quote. And, Mr. Miller further said, the incurable, rotting, politically discriminatory culture inside the blue bird. And he's right. Jason Miller was right. Twitter has been nothing more than a platform for political correctness, cancel culture, and thinking that somehow the great bluebird based in San Francisco was going to control opinions and God knows what else. They were wrong. They were absolutely wrong. But, now, I mean, now, I don't know what's going to happen. Now, Twitter is actually looking to sue Elon Musk. Uh for some type of breach of contract or, or something along that line. Now, the whole big thing with Musk was that they absolutely hated was he was going to restore free speech. Oh my gosh, we can't have that. Oh no, we can't have free speech. Now, this is exactly why Twitter stock has hit all kinds of lows. It's not worth nearly $44 billion. Now, of course, the one big uh, reason that Elon Musk canceled his offer was uh, oh, primarily for two reasons. One, uh, the spam bots, these fake accounts that somehow Twitter had to expose uh, when it was still looking like Musk and the deal was going to go through. And then, of course, well, <laughs> let's put it, the culture of Twitter is irreparable, irretrievable, and irredeemable. These people are a mess. They're a mess. They are an absolute full-on mess. So, yeah. I, mean, I don't blame Elon Musk. I mean, he had all kinds of 
sort of escape clauses uh, that he had available to him to get out of the deal. But apparently now, Twitter said, hey, we want our money. We want the deal to go through. And it's like, really? Now, that's interesting because, I mean, we've got the freak out of all these Twitter employees who are having so many cows they could start dairy farms all over the freaking country and drive down the price of milk, dairy products, beef, everything. They were having cows everywhere. And I'm sure there was a major league uptick in Prozac and other tranquilizers or other psych meds. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, you might as well buy a little bit of stock in companies that make those because Twitter would be buying it like by the truckload. But yeah, this is just kind of, hmm. It's very interesting, the attitude of Twitter and its leadership because Elon Musk has had a long history of voting Democrat. But now he's uh, tweeted in uh, recent past that He's voting Republican, and he's a supporter of Ron DeSantis, my wonderful governor here in the state of Florida. But this just makes me real interesting as to why the real reason, you know, I mean, because there have been all kinds of speculation ever since the news broke yesterday. What's, you know, what's the real reason? I said, I don't know. I don't have any kind of sense one way or another. I, I don't. And because, I mean, I don't, I'm not privy to the thinking of Mr. Musk. But whatever it is, the future of Twitter is messed up permanently. It's messed up permanently and this is why it's going to be interesting to see now that Elon Musk has canceled his offer to buy Twitter what's going to happen what is going to happen from this moment forward are they are is Twitter going to successfully sue Elon Musk to make the deal go through because they want that 44 billion which is a heck of a lot more than the actual stock price because I unfortunately I don't have the information about how Twitter closed yesterday at the end of the trading week but it's it cannot be worth what it you what it was when Elon Musk made his initial announcement of buying the company it can't be I mean the whole market has just been all kinds of well crazy and psychotic but who knows who knows it's going to be interesting to see what happens over the next few days and weeks maybe even months you know this whole thing with twitter but i'm gonna keep uh, i'm gonna keep an eye on the story and speaking of keeping an eye on stories i did a story uh yesterday from uh, not yesterday i believe it was thursday uh, well, it was within the last two days. I can't seem to remember the, the actual date I did it, but 
Reuters came out with a story that said that the Biden administration had taken 5 million barrels of, the, of our U.S. Strategic Petroleum Reserve and sold it and exported it to Asia and Europe. Now, that was bad enough. But a decent amount of that, I mean, not the majority, but some estimates had it at about 15% of, of that went to China, the Communist Chinese. Well, I got an update on the story, and it was from the Washington Free Beacon, and the report was, yeah, yes, the Biden administration did sell not 750,000 barrels, but nearly 1 million barrels of that oil to a company in a state-owned company in China that has financial ties to, wait for it, it has ties to Hunter Biden and Hunter Biden's firm. Oops. Now, I'm thinking to myself, why in the Sam hell are we selling our greatest enemy almost a million barrels of our oil? And I'm thinking to my, and the only thing that pops into my mind is, well, looks like the Chinese are using a little leverage considering what they know about Hunter Biden what they know about Joe Biden and the Biden administration, man, they, I mean, who knows? Maybe this is sort of hush money for to keep quiet, the Chinese to keep quiet about everything they know about Hunter Biden and his, and his business dealings with several Chinese officials. And for Biden, who at the time was vice president, and every and all the influence that he had so yeah it was pretty bad it was pretty dang bad so who knows I mean that's the best speculation that I have I mean why would we sell any kind of oil and not even a barrel of our oil and especially from the US Strategic Petroleum Reserve that's our oil which by law is supposed to be used for national security crises. Hello. I mean, giving, selling a million, almost a million barrels of oil to China is not a national security crisis. It seems, it feels like, you know, blackmail money being paid off. I mean, that is it to me because we still don't know how much to and to what extent Hunter Biden and all his old business pals did in China with a little help from daddy. Hmm? We, we don't really know for sure. But don't know what to tell you, folks. I just don't know what to tell you. But of course, time will tell. Time will tell as it always does and especially November the 8th which is the uh, midterm elections but 
Speaking of elections, interesting. Yes, and I'm surprised I didn't get into this yesterday. But yes, there was the decision by the Wisconsin Supreme Court that absentee ballot boxes are illegal under state law. That's a huge victory. Now, of course, the Democrats and the media and other of their allies are like, well, this is just conspiracy stuff. This is like 2,000 mules. It's a conspiracy theory. It's like, no, dear. You're acting like a dipstick again. No. This is very real. And now the Wisconsin Supreme Court has said, hey, no. No, 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 no. They are illegal under state law. And if you're going to have a place where you can return ballots, they will be only at election offices in your respective counties. That's it. Deal with it. Just deal with it. So, yes, already, already. I mean, this has been going on for a while. I mean, I had to kind of dig uh, a little bit back into the archives, but not very far, that another election integrity story, when the Pennsylvania court ruled that mail-in ballots and mail-in voting was unconstitutional. I believe that was from the Pennsylvania Supreme Court. So yes, there's election integrity stuff still going on and has been for months. This ruling by the Wisconsin Supreme Court is just the latest in a series. Now, of course, you've also have other election related things going on and I mentioned the story yesterday that not only has the Texas GOP and its state party apparatus declared the 2020 election uh, stolen and that Biden is illegitimately uh, the president because of all the potential because of all the voter fraud and all sorts of irregularities now Maricopa County has done the same that's Maricopa County Arizona where I used to live that's the Phoenix area Maricopa County is where two-thirds of Arizona voting goes on I mean the I mean having lived in the Phoenix area Maricopa County is big it is wide it is extensive and yeah when you've got Maricopa County and the Maricopa County Republican Party saying, hey, we come in solidarity with our friends in Texas, saying that there was fraud, the election was stolen, and Biden is the illegitimate president of the United States. And this is not just, you know, a couple of one-off situations. This is something that's going to grow. This is going to grow. And yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens. I mean, we're, we're still in primary season. Not much going on in the month of July, but August? Oh yeah, big month in August. There's going to be the Arizona primary, the Wyoming primary, the Florida primary. Looking forward to that one. So yeah, there's going to be a whole lot of stuff going on even heading into the Labor Day weekend, which pretty much is really going to kick off uh, 
the home stretch into the November midterms. So yes, so election integrity is still a big deal. It is still a big deal. Now y'all can, you know, if you happen to be one of the really goofier people, you can scream all you want to about 2,000 mules and conspiracy theories and this and that and the other, but when you have even Democrats and a pretty healthy percentage of them concerned about things like voter fraud, election integrity, so on and so on, if you've got no free and fair elections, you got nothing. Even, even Democrats care about it. Now, granted, you've got, you know, some of the real hardcore progressives, leftists, Marxists, because they're really not, you know, they're really not liberals. I mean, these are hardcore leftists, Marxists, and communists. And I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Yes. I mean, no fear. If you have no free, no fair elections, no transparency, no real accountability, and people are tired of it. People are tired of it. And people like Catherine Engelbrecht of True the Vote, Dinesh D'Souza with his movie, 2000 Mules, oh, they busted it wide open. Wide open. And Democrats, uh, leftist pundits, the corporate media, they can do whatever the heck they want. They can deny it from now until the second coming. But they will be exposed. And I'm very encouraged because the more people find out that they've been pretty much thrown under the bus, that they've been royally screwed, and I mean by both parties, Democrat and Republican, there are going to be a lot of I mean, some folks are still kind of out there in the netherworld, just kind of in the land of the clueless but uh yeah but there, there i like to think that there is still a growing in number uh, and and frankly even church folks need to kind of wake up and get out of their own sort of little fiefdom you know oh we're just going to preach the gospel we're not going to get involved with politics i said okay you can do that but you do it at your own peril because if you've got politics and politicians who are trying to squash you like a bug and not even give you the right to religious expression, uh, you're going to be a little bit late. You're going to really be a little bit late to get into the political game because it will be pretty much either game over or just about over at that time. It, it is. So, yes, to my brothers and sisters in Christ, it's time to wake the heck up. And if you're woke, well, either repent or sit this one out because you're really not helping. And, and I'm just gonna, I'm just not gonna be nice about it. It's just like, hey, I'm just gonna say, you screwed it up in 2020. Sit this one out. Just sit this one out. Because frankly, uh, you didn't help the last time, and and unless you pretty much kind of gotten over yourselves, you're not gonna be much help this time either. <laughs> yeah, and they're like, oh, well, that's not, well, you're not a nice person. I said, I'm not really, my job is not to be nice. My job is to tell the truth. And 
frankly, if that's something that your brain can't wrap itself around, then, well, sorry, but I got a job to do, and I do this show mainly for an audience of one, and all you 21st century Pharisees just don't cut it. Ooh, and ooh, oh my God, you're so mean. It's like, oh, please get over yourselves and take a Prozac. Sit down and just let me do my job. Thank you. (laughs) So, but, oh, this one I should have had on WTF Friday yesterday. This story out of New York City is under the definitely under the WTF category and it is absolutely hideous I mean it's already bad enough New York City is loaded is so crime ridden scum ridden and the bald black buffoon of a mayor has absolutely zero clue what he's doing and even worse his George Soros bought and paid for slave of a DA won't do his job he will not do his job that he swore to do that he was elected to do so no I'm not gonna be nice about this because I got family in New York still and some friends around the area and I was like no 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 I mean pretty much people have seen the story Uh, A 61-year-old man who works in a bodega named Jose Alba. Now, bodegas are like, you know, convenience stores that, and I've been to a few of them around New York City whenever I would visit. But apparently, this black thug, yes, thug, I said it as a black man, this stupid Negro, goes into this bodega in fact he wasn't alone apparently he had a partner uh who had i mean it was caught on video caught on video surveillance now the gentleman mr alba 61 years old he was older than his attacker big he wasn't as big as his attacker And so, yeah, what was he supposed to do? Just let him roll over him like a a steamroller and just rob him? No. Well, here in the, again, the alternate universe of Joe Biden's America, and especially New York City, a place I used to love, but now it too is off of its rocker because of its black, bald buffoon of a mayor and his black buffoon of a DA and it's like oh no we have to be nicer you know this is armed robbery armed robbery in the real world is a felony and the fact that he was a Mr. Alba was able to defend himself against a larger stronger and younger attacker at 61 years old God bless him but Remember, this is New York City where everything is upside down and inside out. He, Mr. Alba was charged with murder. Murder! I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute. This 
with the evidence that's there, video evidence, clear evidence, that this was a classic case of self-defense. But nope, not in the George Soros-ruled world of prosecutors who are completely off of their rockers, they're full-blown idiots, and they are more, they're just as dangerous, if not more so, than criminals. Because if you're not going, the guy who defended himself was charged with murder. I'm like, what the hell? I mean, I'm looking at this. I I'm looking at some of the video tape when I was when the story came about, and I just thought to myself, wait a minute. The guy who defended himself against some young black thug is now being charged with murder? Uh, excuse me, no. The thug had what was coming to him. I don't even know who this guy, kid is, but all I know is he's another unfortunate poor excuse for a silly black man who probably didn't have a daddy who knocked the sense into him to do some, to not do something this stupid. I, I don't know, but for the district attorney of Manhattan, Alvin Bragg, who really needs to be taken out of office because he's not living up nearly to his oath. Period. I mean, he's been negligent. He is MIA. He is something. I mean, pick, you know, pick your pick your phrase. But yeah, this is stupid. So here's Mr. Alba, 61 years old, but thank goodness as of today, he is free on bond after being arrested for defending himself. He killed a career criminal. You know, this is crazy. This, the dude is, this criminal is dead. Dead, dead, dead. And apparently he's like 35 years old. 35-year-old black man going into a bodega, harassing a 61-year-old man, trying to rob him, and his sorry butt got killed because the, uh, the guy working at the bodega wasn't going to put up with any crap from this young black thug. I'm thinking to myself, well, you can't call him a thug. Yes, I can. Yes, I did. What are you going to do about it? Because I've seen this story play out way, way, way too many times. Way too many times. Of young black men trying, either killing, either stealing like crazy, robbing, looting, plundering, or they're killing other black folks. Nobody ever wants to talk about black-on-black -black crime. Nobody, especially in Chicago. And yes, we have another weekend in the Windy City. You know, let's find out how many people are going to be shot and killed this weekend. There were an awful lot on 4th of July weekend last weekend. Let's see what we get this weekend. It's, I think it's going to be lower because usually it's holiday weekends that things get really, really crazy. You know, let's, you know, I'm going to wait for Labor Day and see what that, see what that's like. But yeah, 
to put a 61-year-old person, 61-year-old man, who was defending himself, a classic case, and every prosecutor I have seen with actually some brains and some legal fairness has said the exact same thing. This was a clear and cut and dry case of self-defense. But no, this. so we're going to basically make this guy, 61 years old, pay for the stupidity of a young black thug. That's not justice, people. I don't care what you say. It's not, that is not justice. This is why people like Bragg and already in San Francisco, their DA got, got the boot and got recalled because even liberals in places like woke San Francisco said enough was enough. They're doing it again in Los Angeles, a, a Gascon. They're going to be doing a recall on him. And now, I don't know what it's going to take to get it done in New York or, and in Philadelphia and other places where there are George Soros bought and paid for prosecutors. But this is the type of stupidity that is ruling popular culture in the modern day. You know, you defend yourself, you're the criminal. You're the criminal. And the person who tried to rob you, who tried to threaten your life, oh, they're just the poor innocent victim. Oh, gag me. Spare me this stupidity. This is foolishness on a level that it's hard for me to grasp because there's not nearly enough Tylenol or Advil or Pepto-Bismol to help me deal with this. There's just not. So who knows? But I'm really hoping that common sense and true justice, not this, you know, George Soros style lawlessness. I mean, I want the rule of law to prevail, not the rule of lawlessness. So I'm wishing Mr. Alba all the best there in New York City. So yay happy on that one. So on this special edition of the program on a rainy Saturday here in uh, North Florida, I just want to say thanks again for listening. Uh, hopefully won't have to do a program tomorrow because I'd like to go to church <laughs> and just kind of have a Sabbath day. But uh, news breaks news breaks and we are going to be doing our best to cover it so tonight we've got president trump doing an historic rally in the state of alaska with sarah palin speaking the candidate who's going after lisa murkowski whose name i am so sorry i if i try to pronounce it i will just mangle it but uh, it's, but it's going to be a blockbuster. So grab some popcorn, gather the family around, and catch this historic blockbuster event. And also, we are still three weeks away from ending our uh, fundraiser for CPAC Texas. And believe you me, folks, if you're in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex or you can come and get tickets for it, get it because it's going to be intense uh, from what I'm understanding 
Steve Bannon and the War Room crew are going to be at CPAC Texas. That's going to be off the chain crazy. Trust me on that one. So for now, take care. Have a fantastic weekend. God bless. And remember, as always, patriots come in all colors.